from to England and uh, the <clears throat> the lucky winner will will get uh, two tickets for the England game and also accommodation in a in a four star hotel in the central of London for for two nights as well. So that is a a beautiful prize for for any people that's interested in rugby and <clears throat> and I will. <clears throat> and I was with um, uh, the winners um, of uh, the Campatel um, ho- ho- holiday ha- Hannans from Newbridge um, on uh, during the week there over with Kelleher Travel there to, that uh, that uh, that is handling the Campatel holiday with with them and uh, um, that that was a, an absolute fabulous prize and the the family um, are extremely grateful to to the club and. Uh, yeah, it was uh, one of the um, young lads, young Hannan himself, the young lad that that uh, that sold sold the ticket, and he's involved with the uh, with our mini rugby uh, uh, structure. And again, mini rugby um, will will take place again in in Craig's weather weather permitting on, uh, at at the weekend um, and on Saturday. So let's let's hope that. Uh, the um, that with with the weather that most most uh, rugby will will go ahead and that the final that we get some sunshine for the final in in the sports crown on on Sunday. That's it, and um, I suppose moving on to Connacht now, and uh, you know it's it's the it's an international week off weekend off, so uh, you know I suppose a, n- a number of the players will be will be released to play for, play for their clubs, and uh, I suppose uh, you know ahead of the n- the next round of matches, uh, Kelleher is is, um, is out injured for the remainder of the the remainder of the Six Nations, a, a huge loss he is as well. He's a he's a big loss, uh, you know. He's a, he he has. Proven his player, but the the young lad uh, in Leinster that has come in to to to, to take his place the last day uh, didn't let the side down. He's a he's an aggressive young 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 player, and you know he he will develop uh, fr- from this now. And you know the it's one of the positions that um, that we are um, at a, an Irish level very very strong at. And you rightly said there that um, uh, Jack Carty and Dave Heffernan uh, is is released from the squad for this weekend. Uh, Connor uh, travelled to Wales to uh, play Scarlets, so we will need the the two players, and uh, uh, we need to get a win. We need to, you know, in order to uh, to keep our position within the league, we need to be winning games, and this will be a big one now against uh, against Scarlets, and hopefully, hopefully Jack and and Young Heffernan. Um, from Ballina, uh will uh, will will do do the biz and maybe help their international um, uh, career as well by by playing the Stormer on uh, against Scarlets. And of course, the the key thing from Andy Farrell's point of view is as well if they if those players can come come back into the squad, the Ireland squad, um, without without injury as well, which can can happen in these games, I suppose as well. But well, uh, well, that's 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 always yeah. the that's always the the risk in uh, releasing players uh, to the back to the provinces. But he you know he has to give them amount of game time. They have been uh, away. Uh, with, with the squad now for the Irish squad without without really playing a game, so they need they, they need, need game, game time yeah. or else they get rusty. So it's uh, you know that's a chicken and egg situation. You yeah. you need you need to be working with with them and they need to and they need to be 
uh, getting as much game time in that there hitting as possible. That's it. It's, it's man management. But I, I suppose really on the field for, for Connacht now in, in this game, uh, you know, they are putting in the performances, just maybe not getting the results. Um, it'd be good to have those, those two players back in the ranks. So, um, you know, that that's going to be a very interesting game for the, for Connacht, isn't it? Oh, yes, uh, it is because, like, uh, Scarlets will be uh, missing a lot of their international players as well. Some of them have been released back. But it will be Scarlets are Scarlets are a good side, and um, Connacht, uh, Connacht will have to lift their game uh, from their pre- previous encounters if they if they're to 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 take a win out out of uh, out of Wales uh, at the weekend. That's it, and uh, you know we'd like to wish Connacht all all the best of luck, and of course the the first team, uh, the Craig's first team as well against. Um, against uh, Connemara. against Connemara, and uh, I suppose moving finally on to. Uh, the ne- the next match Ireland's next match obviously as as we said there uh, this is the weekend off for the Ireland team um, well earned I think after their after their wins uh, uh, after their wins but uh, unfortunate ag- unfortunate against France wasn't it yes the last game was against France and uh, I suppose to give them too big of a lead and like uh, you know when they give them ten points up and it 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 um, it was very hard they, they hadn't the same look at the green as as Craig's had against Westport. Uh, you know the, mm. the uh, but again it ju- showed um, the fight that's in the, the Irish team and if a few decisions had gone their way they they could have 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 stole a win uh, in 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 Paris. It's always hard. We don't we we over the years we have won very few times in 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 Paris. It's a difficult place to to to, to play in. Uh, France teams um, of all used to travel well, but I think that this is a, a, a good all-round French side, and they're they're extremely strong. And you know, going into our next game now against Italy um, on uh, on t- tomorrow week, Saturday, uh, uh, that um, we you know we, Italy has improved as well, and mm. you know they they show they they show that. In in their game against France, they give they give France plenty of it. Uh, they're a physical, they're a very physical side. Now I know uh, England got on top of them, and England was probably having a bit of revenge, uh, having having lost to Scotland. And um, you know, it it, it 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 you know Ireland would not uh, need to um, take Italy uh, for granted. Well, you know we 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 have lost uh, before against them where we have taken them for granted and. You know, we, uh, I can't see Andy Farrell, even though that people will be saying he should make a number of changes and that there for this game. I can't see him making that many changes because he'll 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 want to get points on the board and uh, number one to to get a victory against Italy and number two to get as many points on the board because it could come down to that in the in the championship at the end of the season. And of course, as well, uh, we we also know that. Uh, Ireland still have England to play, and even with the the amount of injuries that England have, there's there's there can be still a, a formidable outfit. So that that's another thing. But do you think this is an ideal game for maybe um, for maybe Jack Carty to get some game time under his belt? Yeah, yeah. Like we'll, yeah, we have to see how 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 Jack would go um, uh, at the weekend for Connacht, and uh, uh, it 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 remains to be seen whether. Um, uh, Andy Farrell will will uh, give him a run um, against Italy. Uh, Johnny Sexton um, is is back in training again, so um, you know it's hard to know what they make up that that you know that we could have three again three 
um, fit out out halves that that could start the game. So, I suppose from an Anthony Farrell's point of view, it's good that he would have his his um, strength and depth and and his and his players available to him. So we have to see how 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 that work works itself out uh, uh, during training next week. That's it. Well, listen. Thanks very much for your for taking the time out to do uh, local rugby with us and. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully Connor can do well at the weekend, and hopefully uh, Craig's can come out with a, the first team can come out with a, a win against a, a quality side in um, in Connemara, and we look forward to looking back on those games next week. Thank you, Aidan. No problem. Thanks very much. And that's uh, that's Adrian Liddy from Craig's Rugby Club. Hello, everyone, and you're very welcome to this week's. Uh, Castlery Kings podcast, basketball podcast, and uh, to take us through all the the recent news and recent matches, we have Thomas Callahan from Castlery Kings. Hello, Thomas. How, how are you? Are you well? I'm good, Aidan. Thanks a million for having me again. No problem. Great to have you on board again. Yeah, so uh, we kick off the show with, um, I suppose, with, with looking at the uh, the women's game versus. Mohill and of course the men's game versus Long versus Longford as well. Two two uh, interesting games. Yeah, we were down. We were actually in Mohill for both. We had a uh, Mohill, the club down there, um, helped us out. They went with a double header, so uh, we went down with two teams to play Mohill and both. Um, women's game was first, and um, it was a great opportunity for us, I suppose, because we had played them in our first game of the season uh, back months ago. You know. And they bet us fairly handy, you know. We didn't really give them any trouble, but again, we were just kind of finding players to be on the team at that stage. But um, so this was a chance just to see how far we'd uh, we've come, you know, as in terms of our development. So um, and I was really happy with them, you know. Um, I suppose in our first game we didn't really we could barely get it inside against them. We couldn't get near the hoop, but we just kind of passed it around the outside and you know launched off some bad shot you know but uh in this game you know we everything we've been working on offensively you know passing the ball through the high post getting some high low action to get good looks right at the basket um uh it really worked well you know um now uh our finishing it's uh, itself could do some do with some work we were getting great looks but they were just weren't dropping around the hoop um so you know it allowed mohill to get out in the fast break and um you know punish us that way um, so the scoreboard didn't really reflect how happy, how well we were playing in a sense. Um, so they did pull away. Um, Lisa O'Rourke kind of tidied us over a bit um, in the second and third quarter. She got a few looks inside. And um, Kerry Harrigan hit a important three-pointer for us at the end of the second quarter uh, just to kind of give us a bit of life, you know, to uh, uh, maybe lift us going into the third. Um, but it was kind of same as that into the third quarter, you know, Mohill, they were just right through the team fundamentally. Um, they had, they were very skilled um, in terms of just taking what we were giving them. Um, I suppose in our home game against them a few months ago, they killed us from the mid-range jump shots. You know, they were just able to get to these spots and knock them down. And we did a great job on in this game of um, on Saturday of um, dealing with that and getting out to those shots. But we were nearly in a rush to get out to them too much because the Mohill players would just head fake and go by us and get a better shot. So another thing to work on there. So and that's kind of the identity of our team at the moment is, you know, use these games to find places where we can get better and you know, work on them. So 
Um, we were 20, we were 19 points down going into the fourth, um, which was worrying because I was worried, you know, they'd pull away more and maybe beat us by more than the first day. Um, so it would it, look worse. Um, but um, we have uh, our point guard there, Sandra Kane. She hit a nice jump shot in the middle of the third. And then at the end of the third, she hit a three-pointer. Um, so she was finding, you know, finding her uh, rhythm a bit. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, um, she went crazy, you know, which uh, Sandra is an example of someone who um, down the years, she's got in the gym and she's put up shots. She's put the patience, time, uh, work into her three-point shooting. And, you know, it doesn't always come off in a game. You know, there's an old saying, you know, if you live by the three-pointer, you die by it. Um, so, but the odd time, if you're a hard-working three-point shooter, it'll pay off and you will get going. She um, she came out in the fourth quarter and in five possessions in a row, she hit three-pointers, which is something, you know, you could watch a hundred basketball matches and you wouldn't see that. Um, you know, I'm fairly sure some of the home fans started kind of rooting for us to catch up and finish the comeback because it was so amazing, you know. Um, I left her sister, Rebecca. I kind of took Sandra off the point guard duty to kind of get her open and I had her, her sister, Rebecca, take up um, those responsibilities. Um, to get Sandra open and show it, it worked fairly well. Um, we moved the ball on the perimeter for her, and it was nuts. <laughs> like the whole gym couldn't believe what they were seeing, you know. Um, but then eventually, Mohill did assign one of their players to get up on Sandra, um, and it kind of took the three pointer away. So, kind of, uh, you know, uh, plugged that leak for them, I suppose. So, we got, got it back to single digits. We ended up losing by nine points, um, which is fairly, I'm obviously fairly happy with considering considering we lost by way more earlier in the season. Um, That's good. So you've been, you've, uh, yeah, you've obviously learned quite a lot. Even though you, you lost that this game, you obviously learned a huge amount from the first game and you, you worked a lot on that. Uh, you know, the things that went wrong in the first game, you obviously worked well on them and, uh, you know, even though you did lose the game, you said, you know, to be able to have reduced the, the deficit uh, this time compared to the first time is a is a huge is a huge thing and something you can take into the next game when you're playing them in the next season or whatever. Yeah, I suppose that's where we're at with this team. At the start of the year, we kind of knew we have five fifth years on the team, um, and our oldest player is twenty three. So we're a young team, you know, and we kind of knew this season there was going to be a few baitings, but that's all part of it. That's all part of us building, and yeah. we're in our infancy, you know, so. It's a long way to go. The big, the best example, like besides obviously Sandra, kind of is the obvious best player for us in that game. But after her shooting, but um, Ellie Mulrennan there, one of the fifth years, you know, she plays inside. She plays in that high post area, and you know, but only for her, like we, Joe, we played through her. She made great decisions, found great passes down low, and she even scored a basket herself. Where the ball movement, she got it first, and then she passed it quick. And she relocated down close to the basket. The ball found its way back to her and she finished the layup. So she's just an example of, you know, the growth. And it goes right through the team. You know, everybody's come on so much. And But I suppose um, actually one of our men's players said after, Joe Fleming, he was he had watched the game, you know. And he said, um, you know, the Mohill girls were just more used to playing a basketball match. They were more comfortable on the floor. You know, yeah. they were the finish even a thought for them you know whereas we're kind of still a bit edgy when we get the opportunities you know so but that's all just 
um, finding our feet on the floor and um, just experience, you know. So uh, I have every faith in this group that that's going to happen. And that's why I'm um, all in on them and uh, I'm going to be along for the ride with them uh, as long as they want to be. That's it, and of course, uh, you, you know, as as we all know, the thing the thing about uh, the thing about sport is you you just you know it takes experience. The more the more games you play, the more um you, you know the more confidence that'll build up. And uh, of course, uh, you know, a lot of those girls playing colleges uh, basketball as well. But also, I suppose, really, um, like, like you just said, there, Mo uh, Hill are kind of they're, they're together a lot longer um than than yourselves. So I suppose that's why. They're probably a lot more confident, and they know where each other is going to be at any given time. And uh, you, you know, they, they could nearly do it with their eyes closed. But that that takes time, and that's something that uh, yourselves will will uh, get will be able to do in time as well, which is great. And uh, I suppose the the great thing for you is that this bunch of girls are very are still very young, so you, you know you can they they're enthusiastic, and um, you, you know they're they're willing to learn, and that that's a huge thing going forward, and. You know, in, in time they'll they'll have that experience, and you know they'll be able to uh, they'll be able to win, they'll be able to start doing well then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know the young core. You know, obviously we have our leaders who are a bit. Um, you know, Sandra there who scored all those baskets. She's in second year in college now, and obviously Lisa Rourke is kind of that similar age, twenty twenty one, and they're kind of the leaders. Kerry Harkin, you know, the scoring, um, and they're kind of leadership on the floor but you know those five fifth years are really you know they're the kind of beating heart of the team you know their energy enthusiasm um you know really gives it life so um yeah we're looking forward to a few years on the road together anyway um uh, before we finish with the women i'd just like to thank one of the girls marianne she got a bad ankle injury during the game um now she's probably going to be out for a few weeks so obviously we are, all our well wishes are with her and a speedy recovery but I wanted to thank, you know, Martina Henry, uh, Joe Henry's wife was down at the game. She helped, and a, uh, the ref, Emer Healy, um, and a few of the Mohill, Quiva McGuinness, and a few of the Mohill players actually helped me uh, with just getting it iced up, getting it wrapped up, getting it elevated. So um, I suppose ankle injuries are a massive part of basketball. So yeah. I suppose everybody has an idea how to deal with them uh, when they happen. So I'd just like to thank all those people. And obviously, uh, hopefully, we'll get Marianne back um, in action soon. That's it. Well done. Well done to everyone that helped there. And uh, of course, uh, uh, the essential thing with, with, with uh, ankle injuries or with any injuries is uh, how how quick you know the the player gets the treatment as well. So we'd like to we'd like to also help. Uh, we'd also like to wish her a, a speedy recovery. And well done to everyone that helped out. And uh, I suppose you, you were saying on to the men's as well. The men's were playing Mohill as well. Yeah, we played after them, so um, it was actually down for a home game for us. But seeing as kind of, you know, we had the women down there early in the evening, we kind of worked with Mohill to kind of make it a double header for them, which makes it handier, handier for them in terms of organising refs. You know, it nearly knocks two birds with the one stone, so it all worked out nice. Uh, Mohill actually have a lovely revamped uh, facility down there, um, Reynolds Top Line Sports Hub, it's called, and it's just it's the gym they've had for a long time, but it's all done up now. It's nice and bright, paint job. I think there's new lighting in it, um, new baskets. So uh, it's a really great job done down there. So it was great to play in it for both teams on Saturday. Um, the men's game, I suppose, it's the nearly the opposite of the women. The, our, our experience got us through. 
you know, we won the game by eight, 62-54. And um, I suppose in the second half, I knew, I'm fairly sure I stuck with the same five right through, you know, the um, boys who have been on the team a good while, you know, myself, Joseph Henry, Danny Darcy, Joe Fleming and David Quinn. Um, you know, it was the kind of game where we needed to win, you know, we were after losing the last two. So our backs were kind of against the wall in terms of the season. So I kind of trusted that five to get us through. And in the fourth quarter, I think we had 22 points to their 11. So it ended up paying off for me as like in my coaching choices that um, that's what I went with. Um, the game as a whole, it was, we started well. Um, we pulled away by, I think, 10 or 11 early on. Um, we had a size advantage on them. Uh, you know, Joe Fleming was inside, played a great game. He had a, obviously got to the basket a lot of times and other times he drew the defense and Joe's a great passer of the ball out of the post. So he had a few lovely assists as well. Um, but then Joseph Henry going to the hoop is obviously very strong. We got to the free throw line a good few times. And David Quinn, obviously with his height and strength down low, caused them trouble right throughout the game as well. Like our rebounding was excellent. We got, we got out in the fast break plenty of times off their misses because we were able to rebound so um, consistently. Um, they did give us trouble though I mean they, they knocked us off our rhythm massively in the second and third quarters um, Fiacre and Keane McGuinness were, they, were their main threats along with uh, Tyg Mulligan you know their three um, Keane McGuinness I suppose works the baseline very well knocks down shots uh, Fiacre is their point guard and, and he's, he's so hard to guard because he'll pull up for three before he even know he's stopped dribbling you know and then if you do go out to him he'll go by you set up a player, and then Tyg as well. He's a great attacker of the rim from the perimeter. But I suppose that's where our strength lies. You know, their strengths were on the perimeter. We were able to, once they did come inside, we were able to force them into tough shots. Um, and I think that size advantage really uh, got us through this one. Um, uh, I suppose as well, earlier during the game, they, they're active hands. They're very athletic. Um, and energetic on defense, you know. So once they knocked us off our rhythm, they kind of had our heads down a bit because they were we were getting silly turnovers. You know, I was nearly the biggest culprit of trying to dribble it too much, uh, making naive passes, and they were able to steal those and get out in the fast break. Um, so they kind of did have us rumbled for a good long period of the game. But um, there was an, there was one play as well where I got out in the fast break layup, and I, you know, I was like grand at two points easy, and Beaker McGrinness managed to get back and chase me down and block it up against the rim and sure I didn't know I was pure bewildered didn't know what had just happened so they had a they had a great momentum shift in the middle part of the game but I think um just our ability to get baskets and kind of even though we were in those tough moments um Tati Kersoulis came off the bench for us in the second quarter um and hit five massive points he had a big three-pointer and another baseline jump shot during that tough period so we were just able to keep ourselves taking over during their purple patch um and then well, we kind of knew they had their purple patch at the end of the third and they were only up by points so we were very confident going into the fourth that like you know that energy would go away and we'd kind of push on uh, and we did we had a great fourth quarter um Danny Darcy um our captain you know he had six points in the quarter I think he had won. We had a yeah. great defensive possession and I kicked it out from on the wing and he finished an easy two points, which it's nearly more satisfying to get two points quick after working hard on defense 
and it was just kind of that momentum play. Danny then, he did go on to hit a late mid-range jump shot as well to kind of seal the game. So, um, you know, the experience and trust in my experienced guys uh, really paid off in uh, this one. And of course, in your own experience as well. So I suppose, looking ahead now, um, what's up next for uh, for the girls' team? And of course, you, you're, you have Longford coming up as well, the men's. Uh, yeah, no, the, the girls have Longford coming up Friday night at home. So, uh, yeah, it's a home game. We're glad because we've had a, the schedule has kind of um, been funny for us. All our kind of awkward away trips, you know, that girls have had to get off work early or, you know, miss something else, um, which I'm very proud of them for, for Saturday sort of thing, uh, to get to the games. You know, we've had Sligo away, Longford away, uh, and Mohill away. So now we have a few good, in the next few weeks, we have a good few home games. So we're, we'll are we be glad to get back to the hub in Castlery. Um, we've Longford at home. We bet them earlier in the season away. Um, but again, kind of similar to us, they'll have come on a bit well, now that they've been playing with each other more. So um, we're looking forward to a tough game against them uh, Friday night at home. Um, we'll have Abby Flanagan back. She was missing the last game because of work commitments. She's one of the, I suppose, the uh, better scorers of that fifth-year uh, contingent of our team. So we're looking forward to getting her back playing in that one. So we'll be looking at that one, looking at, because we beat them before, uh, looking at hopefully getting a win and maybe putting a few more wins behind that in the next few weeks. Um, with the men's then, we have an away game Saturday night in Castle Bear against Mayo Meteors. Um, again, we beat Mayo earlier in the season at home. Um, but the, again, the early part of the season this year is funny because a lot of teams didn't have everybody or um, they weren't sure if they were going to finish the season. So now that they've found their feet, they're actually going pretty well and they've had a few good wins. Their coach is um, Terry Kennedy. You know, anyone involved with Mayo basketball knows Terry and um he loves he's very passionate about uh you know getting mayo basketball kind of back on the map you know so um they'll be well set up and they'll want to get one back on us for sure definitely and that that's uh it also depends on how much they would have learned from from the last when he played them last as well and if they'll be able to overturn that but uh, i suppose uh, the the key thing for you is that you you know on the back of of winning the last, your last game now that the it'll continue that momentum can continue and you can get uh, make it two in a row which is great as well so I suppose before we finish uh, the podcast uh, you want to just make, give a mention out to uh, some of the sponsors yeah absolutely uh, obviously we talked about it last week um, you know finance is a massive part of keeping the season going um, so we've got a few businesses on board this year Cahill Super Value um, Webb's Butchers, McGorty's Bar there on uh, Main Street, Benny's Deli, uh, Whispy's Discount Store and Lion's Mace there um, on the square. So it's great to have these local businesses involved. Um, I know uh, some of the kids of these business owners and, you know, everybody's familiar with these businesses. So and the kids play basketball and, you know, so there is um, a good relationship there kind of already. Um, so we're glad to have them on board and we have a lot of home games coming up where um, we're going to try and get like obviously a lot of photo opportunities for um, the businesses and hopefully we'll have uh, a few reps down to the game supporting us. Um, also, yeah. I'd just like to mention quickly uh, the O'Rourke's, you know, obviously the two O'Rourke's on the uh, ladies team um, are spectacular athletes. Uh, Aoife is going into European competition 
uh, this week she's going to Bulgaria for a tournament. So obviously we wish her all the best. Uh, and Lisa has Europeans coming up in the next few weeks. Um, and she's been playing with her Scotland ladies. She had a game. They lost by a point there on uh, Sunday just after um, our match in Mohill. So um, it means a lot with all this going on for them and all these kind of high standard sporting um, pursuits they have going on that they're giving um, some of their time to the basketball to keep us, um, you know, to keep their presence. You know, it's a great opportunity for me as a young coach and especially for our, you know, teenage girls and younger girls to, you know, have a relationship and have some sort of contact with the two girls because they are a privilege to work with and, you know, they really just being there kind of lifts everybody around them, you know. Um, That's it. And yeah. we'd like to we'd like to echo we'd like to echo what you just said there, and we'd like to wish wish them all wish them all the best in their uh, upcoming opportunities in the upcoming in the weeks week weeks to come, and of course, uh, wishing your, yourselves the men's team and the women's team at uh, Castlery Kings all the best in uh, their next round of games. And uh, so thanks very much, uh, Thomas, for doing uh, Castlery Kings podcast with us this week, and we look forward to doing it all over again next week. Thanks a million. Hopefully we have uh, two wins to talk about next week. So thanks a million. No problem. You're more than welcome. And that was Thomas O'Ca- Thomas Callan from, uh, from Castle Kings. Hello and welcome back to the Centre of the Stance podcast created by the TY students in the RCC. We have an interesting episode for you today, getting an insight into management, the different sports available in the RCC, as well as a hurling match report. As always, I'm joined by Elliot, Evian, Grace and Chloe. But first, we are going to go to Mr Gannon, whom Evian and I had the pleasure to interview. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with Evian and we have the pleasure to be joined by Mr Gannon, the fifth and sixth year boys soccer coach. So when did you kind of start playing soccer? Did you play soccer? Myself? Yeah. I was yeah, playing soccer since, since I like walked seven or eight or then seven or eight years old and joined underage. Um, yeah, GA always kind of came first in any home in Ireland. Yeah. Played that as well, played near the early sports we think of, but soccer was one I always just kind of stuck to and stood out with that I more so enjoyed more and more so my friends kind of popped into that regard. I think it all just comes down to mainly someone asked why more soccer than GA. I think right from Galway, um, Galway all Ireland champions 2001, which was great, everybody just wanted to play GA. But I fell in the age of eight or nine, where I was really making decisions. So yeah. Ireland, Soccer World Cup 2002, Korea and Japan, that's where it changed. That's where everybody wanted to play soccer, right in GA, where I was from. So that's where I feel soccer is where I took it on from there. Yeah, no, same for me, really. Like, I'm a big soccer fan. And, you know, while I'd always play Gaelic, soccer mm-hmm. is kind of the sport for me. Um, but it's really like soccer, it's kind of, it's, you know, when you compare it to Gaelic, it's very, very different in terms of like the progression and stuff. You know, like you kind of, with Gaelic, you kind of stop at county, you don't really progress. But with soccer, there's this whole path of like kind of moving from club to club. And it's kind of why I prefer soccer. But yeah, I can imagine um, kind of growing up around 2002 when Roy Keane and the kind Absolutely. of Saipan incident, you know, that must have been exactly. an interesting time. Yeah. Um, so what influenced you to start coaching? Influenced me to start coaching? Um, well, I just... I guess I just love sports as well. I want to give back my passion to the sport. I know when I came here about a year and a half ago in RCC, it was football and Mr. Castor at the time, I think, had a rugby team. So there, there was an opportunity to open to bring in a new sport. Uh, well, not going to say a new sport, 
Uh, RCC themselves had soccer back to 2014, I think was the last day. Yeah. yeah. They had it. So we're using the jerseys from them. Um, again, just a passion of mine. I love to be able to go back from what I learned from. I learned from so many different coaches. I've read so much into books by different coaches. Like even going back to the centre and there's people like Brian Clough and that people like um, Sir, or what's his name today? Sir Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger. Just reading into their philosophies to be able to transfer back and showing guys not more than just, you know, five-side football, how they can get that philosophy back on, on board on the pitch. So it's just, again, just be able to teach back what I learned, because I enjoyed it so much. But mainly, I, I love playing it, I love watching it, I love training it, everything to do with the sport as well. Yeah. And so then, do many people on the team play soccer outside of school? So that's where we're kind of at a bit of a disadvantage with our club. Like we, we're coming up against, you know, good schools because they have football in their community. Like I said, we came up against Westport team, they have an under 18 team, under 16 team, always. We came up against Merlin College there last week, they have an under 18, under 16 team, always. Merlin Woods, I played against them many times. Roscommon United don't have an under 18 teams. St. John's Athletic don't have an under 18 team. So it is hard in that regard. So the first time they're getting together, they're it's taken weeks to try and get positions. We're still trying to get people like, where do you want to play? Anywhere in the midfield, but there's more to that. Are you holding? Are you attacking? Are you in the wing? Do you want to play defence? Are you centre? Are you right? Are you back? So that's where we're at disadvantage here in our spawn. Something that would take absolutely years is that the more people may play in school, the more they will be pushed for Roscommon United or Roscommon Town to set up an under 18 teams. Uh, why they don't, I'm still astonished by it. But yeah, no, it's really frustrating kind of in Roscommon. There just isn't really enough emphasis put on soccer here. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like, there's a club down the road, you know, Athlone Town is half yes. an hour away. And there's very little Roscommon representation on the team. And so I just kind of hope in the future soccer is kind of more encouraged here in Roscommon. Absolutely. And what I see as well with my local club, the more we're in Roscommon, we're in Galway, oh, yes. yeah. but we're in the Roscommon District League. So Roscommon Town have an A and a B team. And I don't know why that B team isn't pushing at, you know, schoolboys age groups under 18, under 17, maybe not 16, but to push them and come to play and train them because there's so much potential, particularly down in the B League, Division 3 was coming. Okay. I just don't understand looking at some of the boys that are playing for us that there's not that potential to try and get them to play and, and train because they'll only get better. Yeah. Um, so what is the future for RCC Soccer? RC soccer, um, it may take a few bumpy years in, that regard, <laughs> in terms of like we're still starting off where you look at the end of the day, we've well into Connacht A, we've now down to Connacht A, A1, which is a different standard. Where it comes to soccer, it's different for the GEA. I think the senior GEA boys here are senior D, okay. whereas we've gone to Connacht A based on the size of our schools. We're going yeah. to very, very good schools. And I yeah. said, we're, it's going to take years just to blend. I know the fifth and sixth years come and go, but it will take years to blend to like, I'm trying to do like a four or five one formation and some people I guess, <laughs> don't see a reason for why that works and yeah. still trying to blend that. Um, just, it will, obviously, we saw the last day we played Merlin College and how great it was to get, get our first result on the board, showing that we can play together. I think there's no doubt about the passion and the determination is there to have it because most guys are on the field does they either want to play soccer, they love soccer, they love watching it, they love talking about it, or all three. So I think the future is really bright for soccer in that yeah. regard, and hopefully something 
kept on throughout the years. Absolutely. And that's something again we can expand not just for under 19s. I know Mr. Deering asked me about a second year boys team he's doing. So he's getting rock and roll with that. Again, they wouldn't be in the league. But you need to get friendly games in to start off. Um, yeah. As I said, we had to go straight into Connacht A to learn about C where we are. Now we're down in Connacht A1 and we're starting to, you know, get, get the play going together. Um, I know there's a lot of teachers there who are looking at doing female teams, the first year team, possibly the inter team next year. And again, myself, I'm always interested in doing that. So the demand is there. I know a lot is right in the moment on the senior team doing well because, again, yeah. as I said, the result they got last year was brilliant. 3 1 down, came back and drew it, felt like a win. So, talking about that spreads it around school. More people want to be on board with that idea. So, I do think, I think it's very bright, but students are playing the biggest part in it. Okay, good. <laughs> good answer. But yeah, definitely, I'd love to see a female team in the school for fifth and sixth years next year. And, you know, I'd like to be on that team, obviously. Um, but definitely in the future, like, it's just really great to see a soccer team. Like, when I came into the school in first year, it, you know, the year before they had a girls team and then it just never came back. And now it's great to see finally things are kind of changing again. And we're moving away from Gaelic, kind of, and we're also doing a bit of absolutely, soccer. Absolutely. And, yeah. again, and again, just other points there. It is, we're starting very basic, like we're using... Uh, jerseys from a few years ago. You know, I, I was starting off when I came in here. I didn't know, I 42, 43 guys um, training me. I didn't know any of them, didn't know any of the names. It was just me taking it on. Then I had people come on board that are helping, they're so, so helpful. You know, jerseys we're having, they are, they're nice, but it's small bit outdated. So hopefully yeah. down the line, fundraising, sponsorship, get a new set of jerseys, not just for boys, for girls team as well. Footballs, footballs we had, have the match day footballs. Oh, so yeah. we're looking at the use of just it would have to be used to get more from raising fresh and match footballs. In terms of the pitch, this one's up here, it's not um accessible play, it's not a good addition to play in. So no, we'll be looking I bet, at yeah. team, I know we're looking at getting a carol, but mm. you know, we've got a great relationship with them down there. Um, I know times I'm use, looking at using my own pitch as well in the more right play. I'm bringing in materials from like tactics boards and bringing in all this and that. So funding is very important when it comes to students, how to think of fundraisers and how to think of sponsorship. So Kind of one step at a time, jerseys, footballs, pitches, numbers, it all can come together, but it will take time. Yeah, and you know, I must say, you know, people don't really have respect for coaches and managers, and I just have to say, you know, it's really impressive, like, coming in here and getting the jersey, you know, just starting from the bottom and really kind of working your way up, Fantastic. and you know, it's kind of a newfound respect, because uh, I'm kind of involved with St. John's, actually, they're under 9-11 girls team, and I never realised what goes into coaching and planning behind sessions, and it's just really impressive, and you know, it's great to have it in the school. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's every friends, everybody, and you have to yeah. be caught back up. But yeah, it's worth it. It's always worth it. It's yeah. um, so one of our last questions then is, do you enjoy any other sports? Any other sports? Uh, I, I said I kind of tried everything. When I was in college, I, I did boxing for many years. I absolutely okay. love boxing. It's something I kind of, it's kind of fitness way I try to take to my, take to soccer as well. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, after about three, four years of doing it, I fractured four ribs, oh, and I've, wow. just, I've just never been right since. And that's also affected me early, early on in the year. We're playing shooting rovers up there, and I remember I just got an absolute belt on the ribs, and it was oh. gone again. So um, yeah, absolutely love my boxing. There's so many aspects of boxing that we can take to soccer, such as like working on your footwork, working on your stability, 
things like that. I just found out that every other sport I did, I said I tried rugby, still played a bit of junior good football, also played with soccer, do a lot of athletics. I just found the one, it just got you so fit more than anything in the world. Obviously as a teacher as well, it's not the easiest going job yeah. and sometimes it does get to your head. So it's a nice kind of fresher release I found in boxing. So I still do it, but I haven't been in the ring now since before COVID where I fractured my ribs. But um, again, sport I actually love doing and very, very good mentally and physically. Yeah. So then to finish up, what team do you support? Oh, I, I kind of keep it to myself. <laughs> I say like I'm a Celtic fan, which oh, I am. Okay. Like, oh yeah, we like Celtic, really. <laughs> I'm an Arsenal fan. Oh, I'm okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm a Arsenal fan. Well, that's why I was, you know, so stressed out the whole time. <laughs> I got on board, watched them in 2002, oh, and I yeah. more Ireland in the World Cup. Arsenal were the best team in England. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do enjoy it very much, but I I more so watch German football. Oh, I love German yeah. football so much. When it comes, I've been to many games out in Germany. When it comes to Dortmund, St. Pauli FC, because they just it's not just what's on the pitch; it's what's outside off the pitch. It's I mean, the fans are unbelievable. The way they even play ball as well yeah, is just it's... amazing. Like you look at, I always advise people to look at a team in Hamburg called St. Pauli FC. If you ever heard of them, uh, yeah, they're. Yeah. They're just amazing. The most, they're like a left-wing football club. Um, just all sports, every sort of right that should be supported there. So I all, what I love so much about sport is how politics come into it, how economics comes into it, all that comes into the sport. So it's not just what happens on the pitch, because let's be honest, 90 minutes football can be boring. <laughs> yeah. But I love what happens in the background, and that's why I have a big problem for Germany, uh, the German Bundesliga. Welcome back to the podcast. On Thursday last, RCC's junior boys footballers brought home another county title with a hard-fought but deserved victory over Elfin Community College to win the Roscommon College's Junior B Football Championship. Conditions could not be any better. This was due to the sublime facilities at the Connick Centre of Excellence. It was a bright start to the game, with Ryan Dowling converting the first point of the game inside 30 seconds, and after many shots hit the woodwork, Kilbride man Joshua McCormack hit the net for an excellent goal. Despite the brilliant solo effort by Josh McCormack, which was bettered by wing forward Ashton Glancy, who scored a sublime goal by sprinting down the left flank and placing the ball perfectly in the top corner of the net. This was followed by a purple patch for the opposition, who got a goal of their own minutes before the break, and at half-time it was 2-4 to 1-3. The lads were no means comfortable with the lead. Improvement was needed, and they did just that. A flurry of points for Dylan Tracy and Ryan Dowling, who was being double-marked, and a series of goals meant they were firmly in the driving seat come the water break. The loudest roar of the day was when Impact sub Thomas King scored an incredible goal to put the game out of reach for Alfin. The defence was well organised, with captain Tommy Morris, an ever-present star centre-back, kickouts from Sean Allen finding their target each time and some brilliant fielding around the middle third from Liam Nocton, Brian Mannion and Connor Harris. This victory was a testament to the hard work put in by the panel as well as coaches Mr Timmins and Mr Martin. The attention turns to the Connacht Championship after midterm where the team will hope to build on their brilliant success to date. Hi and welcome back to the podcast. I'm going to be telling you about the junior hurling game between the Roscommon CPS and RCC. 
This took place in dreadful conditions last Friday in Lisnamolt. Both teams were hampered by injuries, especially the Roscommon Community College side, who were tired from their great Connacht final success the day before. Despite the injuries, Dylan Tracy provided a man-of-the-match performance in goal, making some incredible saves throughout the game. His long-range puckouts were key for midfielders Daniel McCormack and the Morris brothers to feed the ball inside to full forward Thomas King, who ended up with two goals at the final whistle. He had a brilliant performance as well. This is an ode to his brilliant performances in training and his great pre-match routines. Liam Nocton came off the bench along with Connor Harris. Nocton knocked over three points in the second half against a strong wind from long range. It was an even enough game for the second half and the response on CBS just got the edge at the end. Great, thank, thank you. you. Hello everyone and you're very welcome back to um, you're very welcome back to uh, you're very welcome back to Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Rafty, and the show is as always kindly sponsored by Best Drive here in Roscommon Town. Well, next up, we have Local J with myself, and we have Ray Lennon back with us once again. Hello, Ray. How are you? Great, great to have you back on the show once again. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot has uh, been going on, and a lot has been going on on the show, or you know, on the on the GA page, both locally, both at club level and county level. I suppose uh, the form of um, you know, Parry Pierce is getting all the way to the All-Ireland Senior Semi-Final and, uh, and I suppose uh, St. Foley is getting to the All-Ireland Semi-Final in, in, in Intermediate, but also the form of Roscommon, um, you know, doing well in the Connacht FBD Final and uh, a good start to the league, which is great. Young players, fresh, and all doing very, very well. Eddie Nolan and Ulcarni are doing pretty well in the middle of the field. Smiths are playing well, as is Keane McHugh and the Boyle contingent. And uh, Conum Lavin is back in goals, which, which is, you know, he's an experienced goalkeeper. And uh, he's got great back up there with Patrick O'Malley, who I thought was very impressive in the FBD League final. And you've got the goalkeeper as well, Conor Carroll. So, Roscommon have done very well so far. The only, the only, if you want criticism, you would say, Aidan, of them is that they seem to taper off towards the end of the game. Against Cork, Roscommon built up a strong lead, got into a very, very strong position. But in the second half, we only scored three points. You know, we scored one ten in the first half, three points in the second half. Similarly against me, we got a, built up a strong nine-point lead. You know, between you know the, in the middle of the first half, there we we, we scored you know a lot of scores without reply against me. We got nine points for lead, and then me came back within three in the second half. So it's a bit of a concern that Roscommon are letting those sort of leads slip. And if it is the case that Roscommon has a slow start which could happen on Sunday, it'll be interesting to see how Roscommon react to chasing the game. And Clare will be a formidable opponent on Sunday. They've been very impressive so far in the league. OK, they drew with Cork the last time out, which is a little bit of a, not a surprise. You know, Clare and Cork in Munster Derby, you know, you wouldn't really think it's a surprise to draw there, but Cork are in transition. Clare have some very, very good players. Keelan Sexton is their top scorer. He scored 1-5 in the first game against Scopoli, where they hammered off the by, by nine points, uh, one thirteen to seven points, and he got I think four or five points against Cork as well. And of course, the Pierce Lillis, the good forward. They've got David Tuberty, who's still a great campaigner. I think he's thirty eight now, but he's a great forward. But Roscommonade have always found it difficult to beat Clare. Two years ago in the National League, we had a uh, one eight to four points 
win before the lockdown. Uh, I think uh, Noel Gatesy scored his common goal that day, which I believe takes forward, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So, great player, Noel, and his brother, uh, Darren, I have to say it, and a great time for Darren Gatesy. You know that. Yeah. He's a great player, really top, top player. Uh, and uh, Craig's a phenomenal player at the Dow as well. Though Mark and Shane Dow, they're boys, them boys. But in, um, Clare will be difficult opponents. And we have to cast our minds back to 2016 when Roscommon got to the league semi-final, had a very, very good league campaign. A beat Kerry down in Killarney, which I had the privilege of being at. the first time I think Roscommon ever beat Kerry in the league down in Kerry. And uh, Roscommon got to the league semi-final, but then got well beaten by, by Kerry. And the team never really recovered, you know got to the Connor final and lost the replay heavily over in Castlebar to Galway. But then in the in the qualifier round, first qualifier game, it was played against Clare down in Salt Hill and Clare just uh, you know, they just blew us out of the water that day. So even though they're not being successful in Munster winning Munster Championship, we have to remember they're up against the great Kerry there, they're up against Cork, you know, and if if Clare was in Connacht to be a, a very, very, very strong opponent for anybody you know, they're they're a tough team tradition of football in Clare is very, very strong. And of course, this year is the 30th anniversary of that famous Clare victory against Kerry in the Munster final down in Ennis, where they beat uh, Jack O'Shea and all those players playing for Kerry that day in, in a famous win. Time, Marty Morris, he said, there wouldn't be a milk, cow milk in, in, in Clare that night, you know. So um, it's, a very, it's a very good test for us, Common, because Clare, I think, are a seasoned team, even though they're not as, if you like, renowned as a Mead or a Cork whom Roscommon have beaten. Nonetheless, Clare are a strong, formidable opposition and they will take beating on Sunday. Roscommon will have to work hard. Just cast our minds back a couple of years ago in the, in the qualifiers of the Championship. Mayo found it very difficult to get over Clare down in Ennis. You know, they found it really, really hard. So, and they put up a big score. So, Clare will be a good teammate and I think Roscommon, it'll be a tight game and I think Roscommon will be tested but Roscommon will have the benefit I'd say of bringing back some of the Parry Pierce's guys and the Foyles guys that'd be interesting to see how that dynamic works in you know as backup will be there available I'd say for, for Anthony but you still nearly have to go with the players that have been so successful so far That's it and I suppose really when, when you look at it it's great to have the, the Parry Pierce's lads you know some defensive players maybe Paul Carey might be uh, will be called in as well uh, into the panel as well which will be a huge addition Um you know, um, and I suppose Hubert Darcy, you know, all those players. But then you, when you look at Pierce's, like we just said there, uh, you know, the Murtis coming back as well. And, um, you know, I suppose really with the, with the younger players now, the, the under 20 players, um, you know, they have, they have the under 20 league starting this weekend as well. So it'll it'll be good to, I suppose, the, the return of the... The return of the Parry Pierces and uh, St. Folia's lads is a quite a timely return, I suppose, when you consider that the, the younger lads now are going back to the under-20s. The, the under and, uh, you know, it's, it, it'd be good to see them back, I suppose. You know, the, but the, it has to be said, the young lads um, that, that were, were playing both in the FBD league campaign and up to now, the, none, none of them, uh, none of them uh, did, did anything bad. You know, they, they were all very good for... for Young lads, you know. You know, and, and that's the way the team has to go in. Roscommon mm. needs to keep freshening up that squad. You know, they, they, it, be, it became a stale squad over the last two years. And the performances in the championship bore that out. You know, two really bad championship performance campaigns. I know there are only one matches, you know, one game against Galway and one game against Mayo the year before. But at the same time, the manner in which Roscommon played was very poor, very insipid. 
lacking energy, lacking intensity, lacking that, you know, that, that you would need. And young players coming in really bring that. And that's where Roscommon uh, have, you know, benefited and will benefit it from Cahill Heenahan, who put in the man of the, man of the match to stay in the Stickers Cup final. They've also got Adam McDermott, those under-20 guys, to put pressure on the more seasoned campaigners because those guys have been around a long time now and, you know, they've, they've achieved a reasonable amount, you know, but at the same time, they've never kicked on to the next level that we all hoped that they would do, you know. And that's, yeah. that's not a criticism, that's just a fact. And, yeah. and, and, and that's not slating them or not giving out about them, that's just saying that those guys that had those under-21 finals back in 2012-2014 never really raised... We never really threatened the top four or five teams in the country. You know that sort of way. We never got yeah. up to that level. And that's a pity. Why? I don't know. We never seemed... That's not, they're not the first generation of Roscommon players not to get to that level yet. But we have so much expectation of Roscommon. We always hoped that they would. And you never know. There may be some time left. And I think a big thing down to it is that we've never really had... Um, We've had decent forwards, but maybe we've been unlucky with injuries yet because yeah. midfield is your key area in Roscommon. And we've never really had a settled midfield over the last five, six years. You know, we've had injuries to key players at key times, like Cahill Compton there in Strokestown was very good in the 2018 kind of final, got injured, you know, and has been out since uh, a lot of time. Was, you know, could have been a great player for Roscommon. You know, Tiger Rourke was a good, steady player. You've had, you know, Carl Shine, unfortunately, never you know, great player for Clan and, you know, all those great midfielders we thought might go on to dominate for a few years, maybe like Seamus Delord and John Newton as a partnership or Shane yeah. Caden and Dermot Early. It never really has happened. You know what I mean? And I think all those great teams in that really be successful, you can you can nearly name their midfield partnership off off with a with a, a click of the fingers. You know, they're yeah. they're they're so well known, like the Brian Fenton there and Connor McCauley. You have uh, in, you know, last year in, in, in the Tyrone guys, you know, they were fantastic in the speed. They were Patrick being the new player. You know, the Kerry guys, when they were good, David Moore and Anthony Maher. You know, Brian Mullins and Bernard Brogan, if you want to go back far enough. Also, you know, Seamus Hayden, Dermot Early, John Newton, Seamus Glore, Mickey Quinn, Pat Donahue for Leitrim there in the 90s when Leitrim were strong. And in, in midfield in Galway, when they were going well, you know, you had um, Sean O'Donnell in the middle of the field and kept watch. So, I think a really key marker or indicator of a top, top team is that their midfield partnership are household names all over the country. They're like a, they're like a, you know, like a Lennon and McCarthy, if you like, you know, they're, they're yeah. going all over. And if you have a chop change midfield going on for years and years and years, I think it's a problem. And no matter how good your forwards are, if you haven't got a good midfield dominate that can give that possession, that good clean ball into the forwards, you're in trouble. Um, same with a line-out partnership in rugby. If you haven't got your your, your lock forwards, your four and five, winning the clean line-out ball to give to your scrum half to play with, you know, you're, you're going to be in trouble. And like Ireland, when Ireland was strong with the rugby years ago, with Paul O'Connell and Dunnick and Callaghan, they were Ireland's lock forward. They were the Munster. They were the Ireland, um, you know, line-out jumpers that were there. Not just one week or two weeks. They were there for maybe five, six years. And that's a problem, I think, in Roscommon that we never really settled or got a midfield partnership that could dominate and, uh, you know, go forward to, to give that service into the forwards, Aidan. And, you know, hopefully now, you know, Wilton Harney is in there with uh, Eddie Nolan. That's a good, you know, th- hopefully their future, you know, Aidan, yeah. they can become a good midfield partnership. And again, I'm not criticising Roscommon. Roscommon, these players have brought so much joy and entertainment. But I think the fact, looking at why we never, why that sort of golden generation 
has never gone up to the Tyrone level or up to the Kerry level or Dublin, not Dublin or out of this world anyway in their day, but we've never really been that competitive with them, even in quarterfinals or group of eight games, Aidan, you know, yeah. like we were the Super 8, like I was up in Dublin at Crow Park, against Dublin, Tyrone as well in Crow Park, Donegal, we never seemed to get close to them, do you know, that sort of way, yeah. and I think our record in the Super 8 has been very poor, I think we've only beaten Cork once, you know, and, and Cork, you know, got into the Super 8 there about three years ago, you know, 2019, so, we, we, you know, that's actually challenge, that's the challenge for us common football, is to see, can we consolidate in Division 2 and maybe Aiden, it might be a good job not to go up at Division 1 this year maybe allow those young players to develop because Division 1 is a very very tough environment uh, and they could get relegated but at the same time the other argument is I'd be for going up to Division 1 yeah. even if you're in Division 1 you're playing the Tyrones you're playing the Monaghans you're playing the Terries in Dublin and if you're playing the top level your, your, your ability and your experience is going up all the time and it raises the standard of your play. You have to go to another level at that top level. So I'd be for, some people say don't, Roscommon would be better not to up, but I, I'd be for hoping that they will get promoted. And let's face it, at the minute, it looks like Roscommon, Galway and Derry are the three teams in strong positions. And uh, there's interesting games coming down the track today. And, you know, Roscommon going up to Derry, going up to Down, playing Galway. So there's some great games in Division 2, playing awfully which are a local derby and Roscommon never beat Offaly through easily you know we saw last year with under 20 final Offaly sort of maybe a difficult team for it to beat so it's still a lot 